0: Network, but when it comes to serving Jesus, it's those who give their all that God pours His His power through. Because in Matthew uh, 10, Jesus, Jesus says, I'm not going to say it exactly, I'm trying to go by memory. He said, if you give up your life, then you'll get it. Well, oh, I want you to hear this tonight, people. If you give up your life for my sake, you'll gain real life. And there's so many people going around saying, I'm going to hang on to my life. You're not getting it, Jesus. But when we say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you with my future. Jesus, I'm going to trust your word in my life. I'm going to live what the word says. There's so many people like with here's a big word coming up myopia it means they can't see if they're seeing inside themselves all the time and we never progress in life when we're seeing inside ourselves because we've got to see outside ourselves to a big God to a big future to a big vision One Heart Church I want us to be a church of bigger people if you're not from our church come and join us we'll let you in but I want us to be big people with a big future and and a powerful direction that comes when we have people saying, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my all. Can I just have my first uh, PowerPoint up there tonight? Let's move on. I've already offended everyone. Thanks, Beth. So the title of my message tonight is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and you can... You can decide which one you think I am. Oh, sorry. I think I'm him. Don't you see the resemblance? That's Jimmy. Oh, hang on there. There, that's Jimmy. Kirsten. (laughs) Yeah, you'll love this one. Michael. Top Gun. The good, the bad, and the ugly. But what I want to show you tonight, uh, right from the start, and we're going to come back to this at the end, this statement. It's too easy for our heart to get hard toward those who could help us the most. That's talking about people that we have around us in our church family, and we can harden our hearts towards people who can help us the most. And ultimately, we can harden our hearts towards Jesus, who wants to keep our hearts soft towards him so that we can be the people who make a difference in the world in which we live and make it a much better place. You know, I I just want to stir people tonight and and I want you to catch something in your spirit. If you'll allow yourself to have uh, more of Jesus in you, then you're going to see that lots of different things are going to change around about you. So... I'm going to show you some, some, I guess, stories from the Bible that describe the good, the bad, and the ugly. So if, we turn, if you have your Bibles, John 12, verse 3. It's a story of a woman called Mary. It's not Mary, the mother of Jesus. It's another Mary. And what we also find out about this lady is, is she didn't have a, a perfect life. You know, uh, you know she, she was actually known as a prostitute, and so you know, there's, there's a, I guess, a uh, stigma that comes with that in life when you come from that kind of a background. But we see in the story, it says, Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, which is a really expensive perfume, and an expensive perfume, and she poured it out on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. I love this story. Because to me, it's just an absolutely unbelievable and amazing story of devotion and love towards Jesus from a person who had come into contact and understood the Savior, Jesus. This woman here is engaging in a very public and a very expensive act of gratitude to Jesus. That's why we, you know, when we come to church, we raise our hands, we, we take up an offering and all those sorts of things because we're engaging in an act of gratitude or if you like, if you want to be real spiritual, worship to Jesus for the great things that he's done in our lives. And where this is, you know, where this is evidence, you'll see true hearts of love of people toward God. There is a corresponding fragrance, a, a beautiful thing. And she demonstrates the good of a life that's been touched by Jesus. And I, I want to tell you something, you can, you can normally see the lives that have been touched by Jesus because there's a goodness that comes out of them, a spirit of, of grace, if you like, that, that flows out of their, of their being. Let's go to the next scene John 12, verses 4 and 5, it says, But one of his disciples, one of Jesus' disciples who was sitting there, and if you're here this morning, this guy is, uh, he, he, he's got a bit of airtime this week. Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, he objected to this worship that this lady was doing, Mary. And he says, Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. And as we saw this morning, he didn't care about the poor because he used to use the money to you know, go and buy cheeseburgers and, and things like that and, and new shoes in every town they visited. I think that's what he did. But the people, I don't think it was just Judas, but there were other people in that house that day who saw her sacrifice, saw her act of devotion to Jesus, who looked down upon her and judged her, judged her motives, gave uh, their opinion of what should have been done. And, you know, we we sometimes see those kind of attitudes rising in and around us in a church environment all the time. But this woman named Mary worshipped Jesus and didn't hold back. I call her the good. She was the good person. The bad in the room judged her character, judged her motives, and even challenged her humanity. By saying, well, this money should have been spent on something else, should have been spent on the needs of others. People who judge others, or people judge others, others, I should say, according to what's in them. So we find that, that Judas in this story, the bad, he was judging Mary according to what was in his heart. And we need to be really careful before we go judging and, and, and criticising and, and, and speaking about other people, about what they're doing or not doing and all those things, because we judge others according to what's in us. Next scene, Matthew chapter 18. Story of, about, uh, of a man who was forgiven by God, but he didn't forgive others. It says that in the process, it says a a, a king was going to deal with all his uh, creditors and and collect all all the money that that was owing to the kingdom. And it says, therefore, in verse 26, Therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who he had borrowed money from or had borrowed money to. In the uh, the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. And it says he couldn't pay. So the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave all his debt. He said, that's it, don't worry about it. I'm writing it off. Wouldn't you love it to have that kind of an opportunity in life? It's all been wiped off. That's the good of God, like that. And if we know the story and understand who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do, is he came to wipe the debt, from mankind it's because we have a separation called sin between us and heaven and jesus came and said i'm going to cancel the debt don't worry about it if you leave it to me it's gone but then the story goes on this man's just been forgiven this man's just been told you you know don't worry about it you don't have to pay me back a cent it's all finished And it says, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars and he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. See, the bad doesn't have mercy for others and has a very short memory. So here we see that this guy's just been forgiven. This guy's had his debt paid, so to speak. And the very next thing he does is find someone else who owes him a little bit and he says, now you've got to pay me back. The bad doesn't have mercy for others and has a very short memory. See, we have the potential, people you know, all, all over the world, we have the potential to be any one of these characters that we've just seen on any given day. It could be that we are like the woman giving an incredible gift of devotion to God. It could be we're one watching on and thinking to ourselves, well, where else could this have been spent? What else could they have done? Look at that church, look at what they're doing now and having a critical eye on all that's going on. It could be that we're trying to impress God by forcing others into acts of service to make them work their way to what we got for free. Think of that one. See, Mary gave everything with love and devotion. She was the good. Judas looked on and judged her the bad, and this other man, he made his freedom an excuse to put others into slavery, the ugly. And we always need to be, like, I guess, looking at the way in which we deal with other people, how we treat the world around us and choose to be the good. Because I'll tell you something, we we, we really underestimate the power of worship to God. And that's not just singing songs in church. It's a lifestyle of being a light to the world that uh, shines God's power, his love, his mercy, his ways into the lives of other people. That's what worship really is. An aspect of worship is what we do in church, singing songs. Some people think that's worship. It's a part of, but it's not the only And sometimes in life we can be all, we can see all three of these things and they can all be in us sometimes, good, bad and ugly. See, another ugly scene was the crowd in Nazareth, Jesus' hometown. Basically, Jesus came home for a homecoming with his disciples and we'll see what happens. Luke chapter 4 verse 22 says, Jesus came to town, came to his hometown, so if you're have a hometown, everyone has a hometown somewhere. And Jesus went back to Nazareth and it says, everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. So they all went to church and Jesus got the got the Bible out and he starts to read from the scriptures and he's prophesying about himself. Uh, it just happens that the, the day that he turned up to the synagogue, which was their equivalent to church, they give him the scroll and it's a prophecy of the Messiah. And then he rolls it up and he says, today you've seen this prophecy come true. You've seen it fulfilled. And they're like, who does he think he is? This is, we know his, we know his mother. We know his brothers. He can't be the Messiah. And so suddenly things change from speaking well of him and being amazed to suddenly the next scene. It says they jumped up they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill in which the town was built. They intended to push him off the cliff. I think that's amazing. That we we might think, hey, you know, Jesus was the son of God, he did all these things, and and he never went through anything I went through. You know, I tell you, Jesus can understand the issues that we face because he had to live with people and saw all those kinds of things. And I tell you what, it's, it's, it's pretty... It's pretty full on when someone's trying to, or a whole mob is trying to push you off a cliff. I mean, that's that's pretty serious rejection right there. Nice welcome home. But I want us to see what we've seen tonight, and consider the good, the bad, and the ugly. Sometimes we can see the bad and the ugly in others, but we think that. We're only all about good, but if we, you know, find out some of the actions that we do, they can be pretty ugly. We need to always be considering how we live. Psalm 125 verse 4, and I want us to, from tonight, discover or decide that we're going to tune in to a new frequency in our spirit. So Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. There's a, like a little bit of a promise there. Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. See, it's good to keep yourself tuned in to the Holy Spirit. He helps us to maintain a thankful heart. So I think one of the first platforms we need to being good is having a thankful heart to God. And I think that's the first thing that goes when we start to wander from the truth is we stop giving thanks. Again, that's why it's so powerful, that woman who, was, who gave that expensive perfume a whole year's worth of wages at Jesus' feet and just, just broke the lot and, and poured it all out was because it all was, was started from a thankfulness of heart. And I, and I want to just uh, try and uh, persuade you tonight to discovering a way to stay thankful about life. Because I think the most miserable people have somewhere along the line, maybe a long time ago, stopped being thankful. So there's so many things to be thankful for. So many things that you need to be focusing your attention on, your worship to Jesus. And don't get sidetracked by by negativity because there's going to be an avalanche of negativity that that will follow when you start to let that be a lifestyle that, that you're... Welcoming into your spirit and into your soul, so it's good to keep yourself tuned in to the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus did it like this. You think, well, how do I tune in? How do I tune into the Holy Spirit? I, you know, I, I know God speaks to people in different ways, but sometimes God can speak to you in the most amazing way if you just start to talk to Him and start to ask Him. Start saying, Jesus, I, I've been at church, I've gone to all this stuff, but, but I just need to know you better. And when you have that cry in your heart, it's amazing the ways in which God will let himself known to you. Jesus did it like this. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And you know, if you're here today and you're sort of new to church and you're, you're, not, you know, you're not sure about all this kind of God stuff, then, you know, I just want, want you to sort of tune out for a little bit because I'm going to talk to the church right now, to, to Christians, to believers. You need to build yourself up in your faith. You need to, you know, I don't know, I'm not going to put a time frame. You need to do it this time or that time or uh, this many times a year. But you need to, at some point, withdraw to be alone with God and pray. Because it's easy to say, well, I'm going to withdraw and, and Facebook's got my time. Darn, Facebook. I actually love Facebook. It's like free gossip and no one knows what you're gossiping about. TV computer all these other things that that we can withdraw and give ourselves to but I want to I want to really put it to you your life is way too important to, to, to waste spiritually I'm not saying you're not going to have any any other you know any other you know things in your life but what I am saying is if you withdraw sometime daily weekly monthly whatever, whatever you think you're going to start with, that I know that God will talk to you in the most incredible and most amazing ways. You know, I knew that God started to speak to me when I was digging trenches and putting, gluing pipes together and doing all those sorts of things in my trade. God was starting to get a hold of me. There's a story about a man called Samson in the Bible that it says between you know, this place and that place, whatever, wherever they were, the Spirit of God began to get a hold of him. And I'll tell you something, it doesn't matter that you, where you live or who you are, if you'll start to withdraw, it says in the wilderness, in the places where no one else cares or knows your name, Jesus will meet you there and he'll begin to put some, some fire in your spirit. Because we're going we're gonna to see a generation of people rise up in this church who are going to change Port Lincoln, that are going to make a difference to the world around them, for the better, I hope. He kept his connection tuned. In, into the father and he was jesus he needed that time and so do we we do well to maintain our heart in tune with god saying god i need to know you you know this is just how i do it i I, I read my bible every day i do it in the morning that works for me you might work at lunchtime for you there's no formula for everybody but i love that my time in the word of god it's not hard for me to get up early when I, when I think, well, God, I'll, I just want to spend some time with you when there's no one else in the house. Uh, yeah, oh, they're, they're there, but they're asleep. And, and I can just let my spirit be spoken to. And then I'll pray, I'll write things down. But I love that time. It's such an important time. But you know, God has spoken to me. I've said this before. God has spoken to me in the most strange ways. I was in church one night in a meeting like this, and, and I don't know, I was probably 23 or so. I'm thinking, well, God, I've wasted so much of my life. I just, you know, I'm getting old, I'm not married yet, I haven't even got a girlfriend. Yeah, I probably did have a girlfriend. <clears throat> There's the ugly... I'm thinking, i have wasted so much of my life. God, how am I going to redeem the time? And, and you know, I just want to be in your plan. And, and the speaker was talking about the love of God. You know, sometimes you hear a, a, a message in church and they're talking, talking, and you think, thinking, oh, I... and he's talking about the love of God and how much God loves us and the love of the Father and all this. And I'm just thinking, yeah, that's good for you because I don't understand it. And I said a prayer that, that and I know when you say a prayer that you mean from your heart, God will hear it. And I'm thinking, I don't even know if God loves me. I don't even, I don't know anything about anything. I'm just trying to figure my way through life, this mess. And I'm always saying the wrong things. And I used to go through these seasons where I'm thinking, I I don't know. But every time I speak, it's like I'm getting myself into more trouble. And I used to see other people think, how do they not get in the trouble that I get into? And it's all because of my mouth. And I said, Lord, help me to understand who's heard this story. Help me to understand your love. And I went to work the next day, was working on this hotel in, in Melbourne and thinking about, God, your love, I just don't understand your love. I wish I could understand it. I wish I could understand if you really loved me because I really wasn't sure yet. And like a good construction worker, we, we'd always sneak down a little bit early for Smoko and all that. So I'm sneaking to the shop. So I have to go down the stairs, sort of hide a little bit to go and get my morning tea. And I'm going down the stairs and there's a song playing and you can hear it on every level. So guys have their radios going and you'd have five different radios going. But somehow this day there was one song that I could hear. And, you know, it's not... Not anointed or anything. It's just the song that God used to get through to me His love. It was like like a bridge over troubled troubled water from Simon and Garfunkel, for goodness sake. <laughs> Go figure. And I'm running down the stairs and I hear the song start, and then suddenly these words start coming out, and God just says to me, "That's how I love you." And I just started to cry because the presence of God hit me, and I'm thinking, "Where can I hide?" What if somebody sees me? Not here. They're going to think I'm mad. I was a little bit. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. I'm not saying go to Coober and hide in a mine shaft. But what I am saying is you've got to find your wilderness spot that's going to work for you where God can get through to you. And if you haven't got that spot, he'll meet you at your workplace. He'll meet you, you know, wherever you are when you start to say, Jesus, I want to understand you. Yeah, so it's all about heart. It's all about passion. It's all about connection in those areas. And we can say, well, I'm just going to play the game. You know, it's not about playing a game. The, you know, the saddest thing that I've you know, preached this morning about Judas that we saw a little bit of tonight I think the most saddest situation that we can have is Judas was in the presence of Jesus for minimum three years and he still wasn't saved. He still was lost in eternity because he didn't, he didn't get to know Jesus. He was in it for himself. That's so sad. And I don't want to see people who, who are in church but not truly connected to Jesus not truly understanding the passion of God, not truly understanding the purpose of their life, not truly understanding the power and the presence and the, 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 the discoveries that, that Jesus has for us to discover. Man, if people can get passionate for concrete, I can get passionate for God. You don't know what that's about. There's Italians just love the concrete. A tuned in heart looks like this Psalm 18, verse 26. To the pure, all things are pure. See, to me, that's in a great way describes the heart that is tuned in to God. To the pure, all things are pure. It's like you just see good in others. You don't live thinking or looking for the worst of every situation, but you're seeing good in every situation. And remember what I said earlier. It's so easy for our heart to get hard toward those who could help us the most. So we don't want our hearts to get hard. And I see so often in life, in ministry, I know Pauline and myself. Our motivation is to try and help people and to to lift people, to help people find their their purpose and their core. That's what drives me. And and I sometimes see people think, well, if I I've got to keep my distance from this church stuff because I don't really want to get that serious. I don't really want to get that committed. If I just do my little bit, God will understand. Tell you what what God understands is a heart that says, I've been saving all my life with this box of perfume. But Jesus, you mean so much to me, I'm gonna smash the whole lot at your feet and just pour it all out on you. That's the kind of heart that Jesus sees. We're all at different levels. It's not all it's not that easy to do. Man, I tell you what, I never knew I had an idol in my life till I sold it and saw someone else drive away in it. And I was thinking, there goes my car. My idol. Cuz we're having another kid. They're not going to fit in it. God changed my life. I'll give you three things to get your heart right toward God and to get your heart right towards those who can help you the most in life because we do need people to help us. We can have our relationship with Jesus and Jesus puts people in our world. It's called the church. He's given us pastors, apostles, teachers, prophets, all these things to help build our faith and build us up in our walk with Jesus. Hope I'm not being too heavy tonight. I didn't start out thinking it was going to be like this, but I never know which way it's going to go. First thing you need you need a Jesus conversion experience. So if you're here tonight, you're thinking, oh, I'm new to this thing, but how do I get to this place? Well, you need to get to that place where you say, Jesus, I believe in you. I have a conversion moment where I change from the way I was to a future with God now. and You need to get to that place. That's the, the, the first platform of discovering the good. To being that person, you need a Jesus transform or conversion experience in your life, and I'm so glad that next Sunday we're baptizing probably five or six people who have all had that that moment of conversion. And it's really exciting. I'm just can't wait for that Sunday morning to do that with those people. The second thing you need is you need po- positive influences. You need positive influence. You can, you can get a great positive influence if you'll apply yourself to this, to the, to the Bible. Doesn't matter whether you've got it on a iPad or an iPhone or a Samsung Galaxy, whatever that is. But you need to you need to apply yourself to that. And God will speak to you. You need a positive influence. You need to you need to get yourself in the lives of positive people. You know, I love hanging out with Carlos and hanging out with Michael because they help me because they're so positive they're so so good in desiring the things of God there's other people I've got three mentors in my life who who speak to me about ministry who speak to me about my walk with God and I, I need time with those people I, I ring them that none of them two of them live in Melbourne and one lives in Adelaide but I've got to spend time where I let them speak to me where I say hey I'm going through this and this is happening and, and you know whatever else and they bring balance to me they say well I, I would deal with it like this and it's amazing how between all three they have a similar voice so you need that and the third key who wants a third one refer back to number one Have a conversion experience every day. Have a conversion experience every day. Because, you know, I think that the walk with Jesus isn't, all, well, I did it in 1975 and now I'm born again. You need to, you need to have a renewal of the Spirit all the time. So I hope that wasn't too, too tricky. See, we'll all experience times where we face the good, the bad or the ugly. See, get them back. You know, I, I desire to be counted among the pure and the good. I know that might not always be seen because we we all fight and battle through our our own personalities, our own weaknesses, our own insecurities. But I want to be counted among the pure and the good. Why don't we stand to our feet? And I hope that that you want to be counted among the pure and the good in life. I want to pray for people today. And if you're not used to it, that's okay. We're not going to ask you to do anything strange, but I will ask people to raise their hands because I want to pray something. And when we pray, we believe that we're asking God to intervene and to come into our situation and to make that difference. But I know that there's people here and you really have a, a, a real heart desire to pursue after something in God and you know, what often happens in life is, is the greater your call and the greater your your purpose that God has is the greater the enemy will try and break that off the enemy is, is the devil I was in church once and some guy was talking about the enemy, the enemy, the enemy and this guy walked off the street we had church in Hindley Street and this guy just walked in the street and he's you know in there and he, he says to me well, what's the enemy? who's the enemy? I said oh he's talking about the devil he goes oh So sometimes we have our Christianese and we just have to explain what we mean by that. Be counted among the pure and the good. So I want to pray for those who feel the glare of those who don't understand your faith. There could be a husband or a wife that that you're married to and they don't understand your faith. They don't understand that and they can be saying what are you doing? What what do you do that for? Why do you have to go to church? Why do you want to Give offerings, whatever it is that they they might not understand about being a believer in Jesus. I want to pray for you today and I want to just pray that God will help you to deal with those situations that you might be dealing with every day, that you might feel that no one else would know and you're, you're living a wilderness every single day when you're in your own home. Jesus wants to empower you through that and be your strength. I want to pray for those who... Are new to their conversion. That experience is still fresh in your life. And I pray that you'll be comforted with the bad and the ugly. That you'll know, well, Jesus, you know, I'm struggling with the sometimes their own issues in my in myself. And God knows I deal with those things still myself. I feel sorry for my wife and for my kids because they're the ones who will see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And hopefully. It's not too much of the bad and the ugly. But we want to bring out the good and live out that scene where people see the good in you and are pointed to Jesus and make that connection for themselves for their eternity where they say, I believe now. So if you want prayer today, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hands. We can just bow our heads, perhaps close our eyes. If you want prayer, you're saying, just pray for me today. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Oh, Jesus, we just pray right now, Father, for the Holy Spirit. You see each hand. Lord, you know that the struggles, the things in which we go through, the the inabilities that we have, the restrictions that we have. But God, I pray right now today in the name of Jesus, that you just begin to do something special, something fresh, something new. Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to speak to us in our wilderness moments, Lord God. Because, Father, it's our desire. We don't want to be known for the, for the bad and the ugly, Lord. We want to be known for having the good in our life. So, Jesus, we just give ourselves to that right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. That's it from me.